Great. It's the right thing. Hey, so can you hear us? I think this will work. It should work. I okay. tested it at home when I realized okay. we didn't have our microphones. So Perfect. It'll do. Do you it. want to listen back to it real quick? No, or are you good? I'm confident. I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> We're going with it, folks. All right, everybody. Here we are one week in to the extended cut, and we have our first bonus episode. I'm here with Pastor Tiffany Fields Woo-hoo. of Grace Covenant Church, a friend for... 20-something years, uh, but uh, co-minister for so many years, uh, leader of many things, Grace Covenant, over the years. And uh, she's here in Denver with us this weekend, helping our worship team and helping Hope Valley learn about worship. We're excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be here. We've just... uh, Finished all of our rehearsals for the weekend, and it's going to be a special time with y'all. Am I supposed to say that? That works. I'm actually really excited about that. Okay. I think it's going to... You've already helped us. I mean, even in the the time that we had at lunch yesterday, I walked away feeling like, even if the worship team isn't helped, I'm enormously helped. Well, praise God for that. So uh, we're here. Uh, If you hear noise in the background, uh, just get over it. It's (laughs) Deal with it, (laughs) y'all. We we weren't even planning on recording this. (laughs) Pastor Tiffany was gracious when I asked. So uh, I want to get right into it. Um, You know, I've known you for a long time when I met you as a single mom. Mm -hmm. And you were managing properties and just working. Wow, you remember that. I remember it. You were working. I was working. And I was in the sound booth at the time. Um, (laughs) Turning my vocal down. I was was misbehaving. (laughs) And arrogant. You guys, can wrong. I tell you? I was so can wrong. I tell them a story about you? Oh, uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's, let's let me tell it. you. Okay, wait. Okay, you can ask it. your first question and then I'll tell them a story. <laughs> no, no, let's do the story. Cause, okay. Because then we'll, yeah, we'll go deep. Okay, so here's the story, right? When I first started singing on the worship team, this was before I started leading, right? I really, I will admit now, because it's been 25 years, that I was a little bit arrogant. Just a little bit. I <laughs> will admit. Just a little, just I'll, just I'll admit. And so I would come in there and sing and David would be running sound and his dad would be running sound. And I'd be like hitting the mic, like, hello, I can't hear myself. Why aren't aren't you turning me up? And the more I would ask them to turn me up, the more that they would turn me down to the point where like sometimes like I would sing my voice out and I'd be so mad. And one day I went home and I, I like, I was literally so mad and I was praying and I was like, God, what is wrong with them? Like, they know I'm the best singer on this team. Like, why don't they turn my voice up? And the Holy Spirit was like, you might have the greatest voice, but you have the most ratchet heart. <laughs> your heart wow. your heart is wrong. Like, you're coming in here. Like, this is about you. This is not about you. This is about what I'm doing through wow. you. And so if you want to be heard, then your motivation is wrong. Because as long as I hear you, then you're good. And from that day is when I stopped asking for myself to be turned up. And if funny thing happened, when I stopped asking for my vocal to be turned up, all of a sudden it started getting turned up. Wow. That's wild, right? And God was like, okay, now your heart is right. So now, now I'm going to let people hear the gift that I put in you. But before they can hear a gift, you, your heart has to be right. And that's diving right in. I mean, that's diving right in. That's diving. Oh, I do want to say it's amazing that God would even use my sinfulness to sanctify yours. <laughs> <laughs> he does 
because it, it probably wasn't it wasn't right. I mean, there were technical things happening, right? We had the but wedge monitors. But you could monitors. tell it had a stank heart. Oh yeah, and so you're yeah. like, I'm gonna get, well, I'm gonna get hurt. And there were but, wedge monitors, so you turn it up too much. Yeah, you hear it and, too, then, and then it, it feeds up. back. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of problems. But but I, my heart also wasn't right, and it's just amazing how God uses two people who are not are, right need to be sanctified, and He puts them in the same place, and that's I, how He does it every. Single All the time. time. It's and it hasn't. Amazing. That's that was twenty five years ago, but he still does that today. Like if I'm not right, he'll put me in a situation where I get to come face to face with myself, and then I'll be like, "Oh, okay, God, I'm sorry." Yeah, he loves us that much. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Anyway, I, I want to talk. I, we'll keep it about worship, but that, that, that idea gets me yes. so excited. We're we're getting ready to launch a class called How to Church, and we want we want people to understand that that. Being a part of a local church and being part of the global church and the universal church isn't going to be free of conflict, but conflict is part of God's design for our freedom and for our deliverance and for our sanctification. Um, I love that. But let's jump in. So uh, what was your introduction to worship? I mean, I remember you coming on and being able to yeah. sing. I mean, you could sing, but... but being able to sing isn't the same as worship. What Correct. was, were you introduced to it at a young age and it was just a matter of walking into it or? Yeah. <clears throat> so my parents were worship leaders growing up when I was growing up and I used to always see it and feel like, yeah, maybe that's something that I want to do one day when I got into high school and kind of like I was living a moral life, but not necessarily a relationship that was tight with God. I think, um, then I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go be this artist, you know, and God took my life in a completely different direction. So when I really came back to him, surrendered fully to him and started serving in church is where I learned what, what it meant to really worship God, what it meant to lay down self and lift Jesus up. And it was I mean, we joke about that experience that you and I had together 25 years ago, but it's experiences like that that God used to usher me into a space where my heart was in a place that I could worship God with my gift and not just sing him a good song. And so I would say my introduction to worship was in those early days, um, just coming and learning what it meant to to worship God, um, on a worship team yeah. at a church. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the size of a church plant, I mean, kind of like the size of Hope Valley now, that's, that's what we so were cool. then. Yeah. So, so when you think about that introduction in those early days and then being reintroduced as you kind of returned to church and you're meeting with Jesus, uh, what made you step out in faith and get, get on stage? That that's a leap that, Oh yeah. I, so I thought because my sin was so egregious, um, coming in, you know, just coming into the church before I ever started worshiping, I thought my sin is so egregious that God wouldn't want to use mm. me. Yeah. And so one day I was singing in worship just behind some lady and she turned around and they greet one another. And she said, you really, you really have a voice. Like, I feel like you might be anointed to like sing, like to lead worship. And I knew that I could say, I went to school on a vocal scholarship. So I knew like the gift was there, but I was like, yeah, no, like, I don't think God would ever use me because of my sin. Like I walk around with two kids as a single mom feeling like my sin is following me. I mean, not that my kid, my kids are not sin, yeah. but the, 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 just, they are 
a display of what I've done that's outside of God's will. And so I always felt like condemned Mm -hmm. until the pastor was like, Hey, do you, did you follow G? Did you give your heart to Jesus? Do you love him? Do you want to serve him? Okay. Then you can sing on our team. That's crazy. That's beautiful. So you had some, some wrong ideas about worship. Yes. Right? That maybe you would have to be fully sanctified or all the way holy or no yes. mistakes in the past. Yes. And, um, to be able to worship God freely, much less to lead others in worship. What's something that generally the church misunderstands about worship? Yeah, I think that we think we've got to bring our best self when actually the beauty of worship is we bring our redeemed self. Oh, wow. Like we think I got to get it together and I got to have all my stuff right before I bring an offering of worship to God. And, you know, this is worship and song we're talking about, but everything we do in our life in some way or another is worship. I love it. And yeah. so it's like the, the, the sound of the redeemed person mm-hmm. is what moves the heart of God. Because in our brokenness, in our mess, in our sin, yet we still say, God, here I am, whatever I am and whatever I have is yours. And so let me offer this to you. And I think that's what moves the heart of God. It doesn't move the heart of God for somebody to go, yeah, got it all together. I'm mm-hmm. good. Because that that suggests that we don't need him. Wow. Worship is... Um, how can I say it? It's evidence. Like when we bring worship to God, it's evidence that we are in need of him, Yeah. that we need his nearness, that we need his closeness. And so I think like wrong, that's all wrong from the beginning. And as you, you know, even as I begin to like mature and, and start to like lead worship and step out in those ways, there's still the pitfall of, um, yeah, like I'm doing great. So mm-hmm. I'm bringing it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or, or I heard somebody one time say, that was great worship. And you know, the I can't say that was great worship. Somebody else can't say it was great worship because they're not the object of my worship. Mm. Only God can say if that was great worship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So really it gets back to like all about the heart. But yeah, that's a miss, a misconception that we all have is like, either I can't bring you what I have because I'm so messed up or now I'm prideful and I'm arrogant. Like, yeah, (laughs) I got it. Yeah. And that, that's not worship either. Yeah. Right. It's living in the middle space of going like, no matter if I'm on a mountaintop or in a valley, you're still worthy of this, what I have to offer you. And I'm going to give it to you freely. That's beautiful. I quick uh, follow up on that. You, You know, you talked about how you didn't find yourself to be worthy. We, you've, you've mentioned how, you know, we bring our redeemed self. Sometimes we we end up with these uh, kind of uh, bifurcated lives. It might be the right word for it, where it's like I'm bringing my redeemed self in worship, but I'm going to the club tonight. Yes, right. And, and so, like, could you talk to me about the relationship <laughs> yes. between sanctification and growth in that way? Yeah, and and worship, so we don't accidentally end up living hypocritical lives, like. so that like I come in and I worship and I cry and I, I've got my redeemed self and then I've got my ratchet self, right? Correct. (laughs) Yeah. How do you, how do those two come together? I think this is the, this is the beauty, right? It's like God redeems the ratchet too. 
It's true. Like when God calls us to himself, he yeah. calls all of this, all, all of us to himself. Yeah. All of the ratchet parts, all of the sinful parts, all the parts that we think we have together, he calls it all. We're the ones that compartmentalize it. Mm. We're like, okay, God, like today is Sunday, so I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to be you, right. I'm give you my best <laughs> right praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But last night, I was doing some things that I need to be redeemed for today. Wow. And you know what? To God, he's like, keep bringing it. Mm. Okay. Keep bringing it. Yeah. Okay. Keep bringing it. Because... redemption isn't and walking out our salvation it's not like a one day thing yeah like here i am all these years later 25 years later still living out and walking out my salvation that's really good and walking out (laughs) what redemption looks like in my life yeah so it's it's like a fallacy to think oh yeah in this moment i'm gonna be you know, all of a sudden, one day, I'm not going to go to the club anymore, and then I'm going to be redeemed. Mm. Well, am I redeemed in my thoughts? Right. Well, am I redeemed in my mind? Well, am I, am I redeemed in my perceptions of people? Am I redeemed? Like, we're image bearers, and God redeems us to yeah. be to be that. So, I and hope it, that answers the it, question. No, that's helpful. Yeah, you're saying it's a life. It's a lifetime of it's a lifetime walking out of, and then even once we move out of the big actions, then it really starts getting down to the heart motivations and, yes. and breaking it down. One of the most one of the most encouraging things I ever saw in kind of a perverse way is uh, one of my mentors. He's an older gentleman, retirement age at the time. He got locked out of his car and he was trying to use the clicker to unlock it. <laughs> and the alarm went off and he started swearing and oh. yelling at his car <laughs> and the key. And I just... I was. I thought it was so funny. I was, I was laughing in my car. I was like, oh my goodness, look what's happening wow. right now. But I was like... There's hope for me, <laughs> like, like, cause Absolutely. it'd be easy to put you or other like Bishop, uh, like on a pedestal or, yeah. or as a senior pastor, put me or somebody else on a pedestal and be like, they clearly, they must not have the problems I have because you've got it together on Sunday morning. But, uh, you know, knowing a little bit about your life, you've, you've walked through all kinds of different seasons and you've led worship through different kinds of seasons and difficulties and moments of sanctification. Um, can you speak to how you've worshiped through all the different kinds of seasons? Yeah. So I think for me, the lifeline to God (laughs) has been worship. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, it's like we, we experience the joy of God when we're on the mountaintops, but we really get to know him when we're in the valleys. Wow. And the valleys are what bring us close. And for me, when I've been in difficult spaces, all I have left is my worship to God. All I have left is to offer him these this mess and go, God, like I don't I can't do anything with that. So you you have to. And it's almost become a weapon. Yeah against the kingdom of darkness like somebody asked me today what do I how do I go for like if I feel like I'm being attacked or if I'm going through something really difficult or if I'm you know in in this space feeling like I can't move forward like how do I still bring my worship and I'm like by putting one foot in front of the other and singing another lyric And by putting one foot in front of the other and reading another scripture and by putting one foot in front of another and using the living word of God to speak into your situation. And for me, that, 
it works every single time. Like, and it's not some like, you know, far off equation. It's like worship, prayer, and the word of God, they work. It's good. If you work them. And so for me, it doesn't... You said they work if you work them. They work if you work them. And you have to... Even, we were talking about it today. Even Jesus, when when Satan came to tempt him and said like renounce all of this like you know like call down the like jesus jesus used the word of god to say like it is written yeah and if jesus has to use the living word of god to fight the enemy when the enemy comes for him how much more do i i love it like i'm (laughs) i'm not jesus (laughs) right right you know so i think that's also another fallacy of like well i'm just struggling so i'm gonna go in my i'm gonna go be depressed it's like Mm. Well, you can be depressed and yeah, you can put one foot in front of the other and give God your worship and, and press through mm-hmm. in that and believe that he'll meet you there. And every time he meets us there yeah, because he loves us. We're his kids. Yeah. So he comes to find us and that's beautiful. I love it. So a little bit, a little bit like said most plainly, like do it even when you don't feel like it. Do it even when you don't feel like it. And then it's like this thing of like, well, then I'm doing it out of obligation. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, start there. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like if all you have right now is obligation, yeah. God will meet you there. Wow. And if all you have is a broken heart, God will meet you there. Oh, wow. And if all you have is to surrender, I mean, we're getting into things like, if you are daily surrendering something that is a constant battle for you, God will meet you there. Yeah. And that's the, that, that's what picking up your cross to follow Jesus looks like. I feel like you're bumping up against like addiction of all kinds, right? Addiction, sin patterns, relationships, internet habits, all the kind of, all all the stuff that kind of constantly bombards us and and, bring us, us. bring us further into shame. It's like things that are like apropos that you don't talk about in church, like same sex attraction. Yeah. Well, if I'm same sex attracted, I still got to bring that to Jesus. Yeah. And if I'm addicted to things on the internet, yeah. I still got to bring that to Jesus. Yeah. And if I'm addicted... Different, different sex attracted. Hello? <laughs> like, if I'm, if bring I'm, it all. If like, I'm heterosexual, yeah, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm caught in lust, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm... Like, you name it, yeah. it's all under the umbrella of the things that we battle against in our flesh. Yeah. And God is like, but I still want you. Yeah. Because I created you for a purpose yeah. and a design and so i think it's just beautiful when we can bring our addictions and we can bring our proclivities and we can bring our yeah ugliness and we can bring our struggles and we can bring our insecurities and our anxiousness and we can bring all of those things and we can still stand in the presence of god and give him this broken hallelujah that he redeems wow. over and over again that is the beauty of worship. That's yeah. the power of worship. That's so great. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I think, it, 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 gosh, it, so it, and it's not just, it's not just our difficulties, right? That he redeems, but even the thing, like to your point about the story earlier, but the things that we're most proud of, oh, he yes. can redeem those as well. So, like, most proud of your what your contribution with your great voice and your talent, and they like, I bring all these things to the table, Jesus, and he's like, well, let's sanctify. The best of you too. Right. And um, Yeah, it's all the best of you and all the worst of you at the same time. And what's interesting is when you get to the other side of whatever battle that you're facing, and you'll probably 
come up against them over and over again. I mean, until yeah. I see his face, right. I'm going to be living in this human flesh. But I think like when you get through the thing and you get to the other side, it forges, it like creates this intimacy with God that is deeper than what it was before. Yeah. And it gives you the faith for the next time to continue the pattern. Yeah. You know? So. I love yeah. that so much. I, this is a, like, I, I just thought of this. Uh, it's out of sync with the questions that I was planning on okay. asking, but you know, so for the person, I love that you highlighted that worship is not just song and music, but it's our whole lives. But singing music is a really profound experience, right? To the to the to our wiring, to our biology, yeah. to our emotions, our psychology, right? Like it, it, our neurology, like so many different layers happen. I read an article uh, on BBC uh, recently about about this the condition, like people call them like. Uh, Goose, like whatever the goosebumps on their skin, like two thirds of people respond to music with goosebumps, and they're trying to figure it out because it like, it like really, it touches every part of us, right? So how about the person who doesn't have talent, who sings badly, who? person who's just yes. terrible at singing and doesn't want to so sing good. not because they're introverted or quite just they're insecure because yeah they've been told enough times or they know on their own <laughs> don't quit your well day enough, job <laughs> yeah that they just they, they suck at singing yeah and and so sunday mornings are awful mm-hmm. a, a third of the service is dedicated to this thing that they think they're bad at yeah and that they have no business doing yeah by their own experience or by, by what they've been told can you talk to the person who yeah well david says to make a joyful noise <laughs> Yeah, that's King David, right? Uh, King yeah, David, yeah, yeah. King David, not David Hermes, yeah, not, but King David. Yeah, I'll say it too. Make a joyful so, noise. Make a joyful noise yeah. unto the Lord. A noise isn't something that necessarily sounds great. Yeah. And I think that the majority of people probably can't carry a tune. Yeah. And the majority of people that are sitting in church right. are probably all thinking the same thing at the same time. Yeah. So wouldn't it be like glorious if all of them just started making a joyful noise together at the same time? It yeah. might sound like a beautiful choir in the go. room yeah. and heaven would love it. Yeah. God would come close and be like, yes, my creation is worshiping me. Yeah. Um, and I would say like, there's the worship in song, but like we talked about, we're talking about worship in song right now, yeah. but worship isn't only right. just what you sing. Yeah, yeah. But for the person that's in a congregational setting and there's music happening and you don't yeah. feel like you can sing, right. I say, make a joyful noise yeah. to the Lord and begin a revolution of people oh, come on. that don't have a voice, yes. but choose to lift it hey. to a God who is worthy of it, wow. whether you want to give it or not. Because worship is not about us. Wow. It's not about our embarrassment. Yeah. It's not about... Our glory, yeah. worship is about God. It's about giving him what he is worthy of. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm not going to lie. I've, I've heard people who sing very, very badly, but in a group, you, you don't know. It, it blends in and it gets totally lost. Yes. And it's just this wall of beautiful sound. Yes. Which is why we love moments, you know, whether it's singing the national anthem at a at a sports game or something else. It's a powerful, yes. significant moment. And everyone sounds like they're in tune when it they're all singing does, together. And everybody, you know, you got it's so good. ridiculousness happening in those it's settings. It's so good. All right. So um, I'm all, I love, I mean, I'm, we're planting a church in 
I right? know. So I love so great. the mission of God. I love how he sends people. I love how he saves people. I love the, the mess and the difficulty of it. Uh, most of the time anyway. <laughs> right? but, but, um, but what's the relationship between the mission of God, making him known across all the world and making all things new and worship? Because yeah. I, I believe that they have a, a, a significant kind of a, a relationship between them. Yeah. I think like what we do with worship in song is we proclaim the beauty, the glory, the wonder, the splendor, the majesty of who he is. Yeah. And it brings him close in a way that like... He, he comes and goes, oh man, like my, my, my bride is here. Like, you know, the Bible describes like Jesus as the bridegroom yeah. and the church as his bride. And he's like, oh, she's, she's, she's giving me praise. She's giving me worship. And what he does in us in those moments mm. mark us. They, they change us. They, they make us, the more that we spend time in worship, the more that we are carriers of his presence, yeah. carriers of his glory. So when I go, when I get off the stage and I go to the airport tomorrow, right. I am a carrier of the presence of God so good. because of the time that I've spent in the presence of God. And so it extends beyond what I do just in a musical moment. It, 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 what God does in us as we give him glory is for the purpose of being an extension of his hands and feet outside the church. It's beautiful. And so I think that, you know, people have said before that they come into a worship setting, a worship service, and they're like, they're getting healed. Yeah. And then they're going back to their doctor and going like, I think my spine just got healed. Yeah. And their doctor's like, yeah, it is healed. How did that happen? Right. That's the glory of God on display. Yeah. I just got, I don't know what happened, but the Holy Spirit just came and I f feel something happened inside of me. Like I'm coming alive. Like I'm coming to life. I think depression is leaving me. Wow. It's these things that God's doing in the presence of God that is extending his mission because it's giving us faith to believe for greater yeah. outside of the church. And I think like there's so many, I mean, we could talk a long time about there's other little arms of it, but yeah. for me, when I'm in, when I'm having corporate worship, this is what I think of. Like we're all lifting a sound to Jesus. He's meeting us here. He's doing things in our midst that are gonna that that these hundred and however two hundred people are about to take outside of these walls and yeah. impact more people than what could happen here. And that's beautiful. It is. That's it is. exciting. Yeah, and I, I you. you in speaking of the mission of God and, and what it does for us, people getting healed and set free and transformed and being given new thoughts. Um, you know, sometimes I, there have been moments where I had a new thought. Yeah. Right? Like where, where I thought. Or inspired by, yeah. Yeah. And I left and I had a new thought about a relationship that was healthy so and good. free. Or a new thought about a situation uh, in in my finances or in Or a new health. idea that yes. changed the... <clears throat> And the thing is, when we when we take those new thoughts and we take those whatever God has done and we tell people about them, like think about 
Think about the person at your job that just won't hear anything you have to say about Jesus. Yeah. But if you walk in there healed, they're looking at you like, wait, what happened? Like, it's a testimony to the glory of God. Let, Let you walk into your job and give your supervisor this idea and say, I got this idea sitting in a worship service yeah. when, when I felt the presence of God, they're going to go, God gave you this idea. What, who is this God? Like yeah, it makes yeah. people respond to God differently. It makes them see him differently when he's moving in our life through, through worship. So anyway, yeah. I love that so much. I, you, when you talk about walking into work different, I, I think of George Washington Carver. Do you know the yes. story? Like he walked in the laboratory with a, like his, his Bible, a microscope and a peanut. And he's like, he had previously, he's like, God, teach me the way, like teach me about the the universe. And he said, that's too big for you. Teach me about the ways of man. That's too big for you. Teach me about my own life. It's too complicated for you. And he said, God, would you teach me about this peanut? Wow. And God was like, yeah. So good. (laughs) So, and then, you know, he, all these discoveries came out of him studying the peanut with the word of God in one hand and the microscope, not in his other hand. That'd be like funny, but yeah, I love that. I love that picture. Yeah. And look at how it changed history. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So I I guess my last question, just for the, for the sake of time, I I feel like I could actually, (laughs) I could take your whole day. I I feel like my answers are like so partial because we could, could, but okay, one more, one more. Last question. What do you like? So, uh, obviously uh, a new podcast, a new church, (laughs) Not the biggest platform you could yeah, be it's you okay. could be sharing on. But if you if you had a message for the world about worship, the like the whole world, Christians and non Christians alike, every religion, um, those who are without religion, uh, or claim to be without religion, that's really they just substitute God for other mm-hmm. ideas, right? But um how what what do you what would you want us what would you want us to know about worship? I would want you to know that there is no other place where you can be um, that can make you, number one, feel more safe, and two, bring you more close to God than through worship, like being in His presence. Sitting, Sitting in a room with non-Christians with other religions, when, when worship is lifted, God comes close. And when he comes close, he reveals himself to people in ways that will surprise us. Mm. And the thing that I would want everyone to know, I, I would first say like to believers is that your worship matters. That's good. It matters to God. Yeah. And it matters to the trajectory of the people in your life. Like it, 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 Hmm. it, it matters so much more than you can like understand. And the other thing that I would want everyone to know, and I know maybe other religions, but God created us Mm -hmm. for worship. Wow. Like our very design by God was created to give him worship. And so when we are not giving him worship, we are going against our design. Ooh. So it would be like, Gosh. <laughs> be I, like yeah. we're going against the very design, the very, the very blueprint of our life. Yeah. The thing we were, we were actually created for good voice or not yeah. was to worship Jesus. Wow. And so I would say find a way 
you know, I picture like the the Wright brothers. Didn't they make the airplane? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why did they create a plane? Airplane? They created it to fly in the sky. Yeah. What if the air? What if we just saw airplanes driving down the highway? Right, that doesn't make sense. Everyone yeah. would go, "What's wrong? What's, yeah. what's wrong with that?" Yeah. Because and we all know why. If an, if an airplane is in the water, something is wrong very has wrong. Yes, yeah. <laughs> something, something bad is happening. Something very bad. So we're like, so you look at that. We go, well, that's just foolish. Either something very bad has happened, or this is just not like something's not right. And we have the common sense to know that because we know why the airplane was created. Wow. The common sense that we have as believers and unbelievers alike is to sit back and go, whoa, like the, the one who created me yeah. designed me for worship. Wow. If I don't do that, other people are looking at me going, what? what? There's something not right. Yeah. Something off. Yeah. Like, it's just something off. And until you come into and have the opportunity to experience the reason why you were created you will not ever really be satisfied you won't ever find fulfillment you'll never fly in the sky you'll just be crashing in the water or driving down the you know what i mean (laughs) like down the street 747 yeah Yeah, and so i just say like (laughs) let the author of our lives the creator the one who designed us the one who has our very blueprint yeah let him be the one to say this is why i designed you and Live according to your design. Don't go against it. Don't yeah. resist it. Live according to your design. So, wow, <sighs> that's beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for thank being you. in Denver. Thank, thank, you. thank you for coming. This was great. This has been so much fun, and uh, we're so much better for having having you in our lives. The spiritual family. I love it. Is such a blessing. They say the spiritual health of a church is dependent on having outside relationships. Yeah, and so in in many ways, I think the the health of a local church is the same as the health of an individual. That's right? good. They've got to have people, and we need relationships, and we need outside people speaking into who we are. Uh, so thank you so much. I love it. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing your gifts so and your talents and your experience. You're welcome. All right. All right. I don't know how to end this. Well, is a bonus episode one <laughs> complete? Y'all go live your purpose. Worship Jesus. Do it. <laughs>